They say we're superstitious. Are we? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcasts. Well, partial-related in general. This one may be a deviation from that, given that earlier this week I was presenting a talk on this topic of superstition, and based on the feedback and the discussion, decided this is something that should go beyond that particular setting, and wanted to share this with all of you out there in Tachlis Talks land, because it is something that we sometimes get as a very direct question from outside, something in terms of the raised eyebrow of seems curious and strange, and sometimes in terms of our own discomfort with how do we understand doing things that don't seem to be fully rational or scientifically understandable. Superstition, there's a line attributed to Voltaire, the quote-unquote great enlightened thinker, he certainly had a hard time with anything that was in the realm of religion. And he describes the Jews as barbaric. He describes us as superstitious. Well, a lot of what we were doing didn't meet his measure of understanding. So my definition fell into the definition of superstition. Superstition, that which seems irrational and not based on any clear logic. This goes back earlier than Voltaire, though. Fascinating comment of Ramban, Nachmanides. It's in Nachmanides' comments in the book of Leviticus. And he's making reference to something that is very esoteric and mystical. And he says, I can't talk more on this. And he describes that this is a challenge to those who followed the words of the Greek, referring to Aristotle. And Ramban over there comments that Aristotle took an approach, and those who follow him take the approach that if we understand it, that's reality. If we don't understand it, it doesn't exist. And in their incredible ego, they have this determination that if it makes sense to me, then it is real. That, Ramban says, goes very much against the realities of Torah. And there's much out there that we don't understand, yet we operate with us, we know it to be the truth. And the Rashba around the same time, really overlapping the Ramban, overlapping Nachmanides, the Rashba, the way of Shlomo ben Aderet, who is a, one of the great, great Torah thinkers of that era, has a lengthy response in which he addresses the fact that even they, even those quote-unquote intelligent people who can say that I have full mastery and understanding and whatever doesn't fit my understanding doesn't exist, even they, when they're intellectually honest and maybe with a little dose of humility, will acknowledge that there are elements of the world that they do operate with that they do not understand. He gives us an example, magnetism. At least in his day, and I believe this is still the case to a great degree today, we know it's there. We can measure magnetism, but why exactly there is magnetism? Why it is that this Metal objects will respond this way to another object that has become magnetized. Why that is the case? Uh, We know we're going to set the compass based on the magnetism of the North Pole, but why there is magnetism and exactly how it is operating, they're going to acknowledge they don't know. A parallel that some use is gravity. And right now, if I take my recording device and I'm holding it high up in the air, and if I am determined that I only operate based on things that I fully understand, and I don't fully understand gravity. 
I don't fully understand why it is that the larger mass attracts the smaller mass and why there's a gravitational pull of planet Earth and a lesser gravitational pull of the moon, which of course affects our tides over here on planet Earth. I don't get that. It's just a big ball. Why should it have a gravitational pull? If I don't get it, so I don't believe it, and I operate therefore without believing in gravity and I let go of this recording device, actually I'm not gonna do that because if I do, that's gonna be the end of this podcast and probably the end of my ability to do any future ones. So even if I don't get it, and to the best of my knowledge, please share with me if you know other than this, I believe that physicists to this day acknowledge that much as we can measure gravitational pull and we can calculate gravitational pull and anticipate gravitational pull, we don't know why there is gravitational pull. Yet, we're full believers that there is gravity. So says the Rashba, everybody has to ultimately acknowledge that there are elements of the world that we know exist and we operate based on that knowledge and we behave based on the reality that's there even if we don't know why it is the case. Says the Rashba, there are many other elements of the world besides those like the magnetism or the gravity that we reference that we know to be the case. And whether it's by kind of top-down information presented from the beginning, God to man, God to Moses, God giving us information about how the world operates. And this, whether you fully understand why from a scientific perspective, this product is good or bad for you, but if you understand you have an ashama, you have a soul, and the designer of your soul is telling you that this practice, this food, this behavior is helping to nourish that soul, or this practice, this food, or this behavior is damaging to your soul, well, just as the one who's understanding the science and the nutrients and the chemistry can tell me how certain foods are good for my body, and the uh, nutritionist can help me understand, uh, she'll explain to me, why certain foods will clog my physical arteries. Well, the designer of our spiritual arteries is saying that certain foods will clog the spiritual arteries and make us have a difficulty in absorbing the understanding and the, the, all the potential for the soul that is there will be restricted. Okay, I may not get that to be the case, just like I don't know necessarily why saturated fats do what they do or don't do, or why certain chemical compounds will be beneficial when I have a headache and, and a different compound would be potentially damaging to me in that circumstance. Whether I understand it to be the case, if I know that there are people who are in the know and that they can explain, well, here, I know that God is in the know. And as the designer of my soul, he's telling me this is how it works. And again, assuming I am banking on those who have the full understanding of God's message, the tradition, the insight, the understanding, and with that outcome are making this the proper prescription, the formula to follow, the spiritual recipe, it behooves me to do so even if I can't say that I can fully articulate how and why that works. One thing to keep in mind when dealing with this challenge from the outside that, hey, why are you doing what you're doing? I don't get it. You may not get everything and you may still be able to live life when you have the conviction that there are people that do get it or that there is a creator that does get it, and it's telling you this is how it works. So quick recap to this point, to, for the moment, those out there saying that 
our behavior, we don't, they don't understand what we're doing. So therefore it is unreasonable and therefore it's superstitious. Whether it's the Voltaires of the world, whether it's the Aristotelian philosophers, and they've decided that whatever their minds can grasp, that's reality and not more. And what the Jew is doing that doesn't match that reality is therefore inappropriate, out of bounds, superstitious. Simple answer to that is who determined that you have the absolute mastery of, and, the, and that you are the one who's capable of making decision as to what is the absolute extent of reality and that there's no reality beyond that which you grasp. Again, the challenge from magnetism, challenge from gravity, and that we are comfortable knowing that there are those, again, whether it's the sages in their grasp of how the world operates and that this combination of factors can be healing spiritually and potentially even, by the way, physically because of their grasp of the world through eyes that have a greater understanding of how the world operates. Sometimes you, you've, your understanding goes through the microscope. Sometimes it's by understanding the spiritual makeup of different physical entities and how they combine to create different outcomes within the physical world itself. And the recognition that the designer of our soul and the designer of our reality has given us the gift of information as to what can better nurture, develop, enhance the soul and what we should steer clear from because of the potential danger. When we live our lives, including all that information, we're being very non-superstitious. We're not doing something that's irrational. We're banking on the very rational step of heeding the words of those and the word of the particular one, God, who is the true source of how the world operates and heeding his directives as to what to do to be able to live good, meaningful, physically healthy lives and good, meaningful, spiritually healthy lives in this world that he designed with the information that he provided. That's a starting point within the issue of the spirituality. Maybe sometime we'll take this a next step in terms of other aspects of how we respond to the critic, those who are looking from the outside and challenging us, but here at the core, that recognition that there is a system and that we are recognizing the value of that system and utilizing that information to live very significant, meaningful, talkless focused lives. Everybody stay well and look forward to sharing a part two of this at some point down the road. Make it back to partial next week. Otherwise we'll do it then.